So I want to remind you, uh, last week I sent you a letter about some of the uh, news things you've been seeing about the Methodist Church in the mainstream media, and hopefully that clarified some of the, the things that you were reading about that. Um, and Sherry, uh, at the last uh, service last week, reminded you that in uh, anxious and fearful times, it's important to remember to breathe and to pray. Um, we anticipate that between now and May, uh, there will be some other kinds of news coming out. Some of it will be accurate. Some of it will not be accurate. Um, and we know that some of that will create anxiety. And so uh, we have created a, a web page on our website uh, to have some information around that. And if you go there and you look up here at the top, you'll see General Conference 2020. If you click on that, it will take you to this page, or you can just put this link in your browser and go directly to the page. And we will try to give you uh, updates as they come along that will give you uh, accurate information and hopefully help you keep abreast of what's going on. I want to remind you that nothing you read proposed between now and then all of those proposals have to go to the General Conference and be discussed and considered and voted on before any of those take the form of reality in the church. So don't, don't get ahead of the game on that. Uh, you'll see on this page we have some links here. Uh, some of these will be to news articles. Uh, you'll find uh, UM News will have uh, numerous articles about different things related to General Conference. And because that proposal came out, uh, there are some specific links here. Uh, one of these is to an uh, upcoming live stream that will be tomorrow morning at 8.30 our time, uh, where they're going to be doing some interviews uh, with some of the folks that wrote the protocol. Um, that will also then be left on the site as a recording, so you can go back and see the video at a later date. Uh, there's also a chart on these links uh, that compares the various proposals, so you can compare them uh, against each other uh, if you wish to do that. And uh, just uh, to kind of help you know what's going on and be more informed about that. And we're leaving this video up on there for a while so that if you find that your blood pressure is rising and your pulse is rising, uh, Sherry can remind you again to remember to, to breathe and pray uh, as we move forward with this into this coming year. Now this morning, uh, this, this is the Sunday when we remember uh, Christ's baptism. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that we were celebrating his birth. And, and then we moved from that to the arrival of the wise men on Epiphany Sunday. And now we're going to jump about 30 years later to his baptism. He, he grew up quick. Um, but we're going to jump over to uh, the baptism. And we're going to begin with the uh, passage of Scripture that opens Mark's gospel. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Now I'm going to stop there for just for a second, because the locust thing sometimes creeps people out a little bit. Um, when, I, when we were in the Holy Land, one of the things we learned is there, there's actually a plant over there called a locust that produces a fruit. And so there is some debate about whether this mention of locust is actually the, the kind of grasshopper things that, that we think of or whether it's the fruit. So my suggestion is whichever you're more comfortable with, go with, okay? <laughs> John proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, 
You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. So this is an important part of the opening of the Gospel of Mark. And the Gospel of Mark is the oldest of the four Gospels. It was the first one that was uh, circulated and known. Uh, And and in the first uh, hundred years or so of the church's life, when you came to become part of the church and you were going to be baptized, you actually memorized the Gospel of Mark. And so this story would have been well known by everyone who was coming to be baptized. And this story makes an important kind of a distinction uh, in, in what it means to be baptized in the Christian tradition. Um, now, what we're here about this is they're all going out to the River Jordan, and this is one of the traditional sites uh, where that baptism took place, uh, and, and people came from all over the countryside in Jerusalem and came out there, so it, it was important. They had to travel by foot to out there. It was a big deal. Uh, people came. Uh, it, it wasn't a minor inconvenience. This was a major commitment to do this. Uh, And they came here because something amazing was happening in this location. And I want you to know that some of the water from this site, when uh, Sherry and Wynn were there last year, uh, they brought some of that water back. And when we do the reaffirmation of baptism in a few minutes, uh, some of that water is going to be added to the water we'll be using. So when you see Sherry up here uh, pouring some of that out, that's water from the Jordan that she brought back uh, for our use this morning. In that moment uh, in baptism, something really important occurs. and, And we sometimes miss that a bit in our tradition. So I want, to, I want to touch a little bit on what that's about. I want to start by reminding you that there's, uh, in baptism, there are two actors and there's two parts to it. Uh, the two actors are God and you. Uh, we are functionaries up here. We do all the stuff and say the words and all that. We're just functionaries. Uh, the real action occurs between you and God in that moment. And the two parts, or the two acts, if you will, of baptism are baptism by water and baptism by the Spirit. The first part is uh, what most of us are familiar with and think about, which is baptism by the water, where we come and we say, I repent, and God says, I forgive. That word repent, metanoia in Greek, is not simply saying, I'm sorry. Uh, It's saying, I intend to change. Metanoia means to change your, your mind or your understanding. Uh, it's to change, it's to reorient ourselves to a different way of being. Uh, So it's a more uh, fundamental kind of statement than just I'm sorry. It's it's, I'm sorry that I've done these things that are displeasing, but but I am going to make a change in my life. And God in response to that says, I forgive. The symbolism of the water is a symbolism of cleansing. Kind of like when you've been outside doing yard work and you're all dirty and you come in and take a shower to get clean. Uh, Spiritually, what's happening here is God is cleaning us. God is cleansing us. Uh, our, our sins are washed away. We are, we are forgiven. And, and that means not simply that, you know, we're, we're, you know I'm, it's okay. It means they literally are removed from us. We are forgiven. And, and this is what John was doing in the River Jordan. Uh, it actually predates Christianity. It was done uh, in the Hebrew traditions. Some of the other religions around the Mediterranean did uh, similar kinds of, uh, of rituals. Uh, so this is not really distinctive in and of itself to Christianity. It, it predates us. And the only problem is, you know, when, when you come, if this is as far as you go, what happens next? Because you come and you say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to repent of these things in my life that I know are displeasing to you. And, and God says, I forgive you. And then what do you put in their place? Because on our own, all we know is who we are now and who we have been. And so if we are just doing this on our own, once that forgiveness is poured out on us, we have nothing to put in its place except who we have been. 
And so we simply take all those old behaviors and habits and addictions and we repeat them. That's why people would come and they would say, oh Lord, you know, I I repent and and God would forgive them and then they would go out and do the same thing all over again and they would have to come back again and say, Lord, I repent again and God would forgive them again and then they would go out and do the same thing all over again and they would have to come back and say, oh Lord, I I repent and God would forgive them again and that cycle would go on and on and on. But as Mark tells us the story, something different happens. When Christ comes to the river and John says, I'm going to baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And that's the second part of Christian baptism. It's the baptism of God's Spirit. Where having been forgiven, we go to God and we say, okay, Lord, now I I commit myself to be your person. I I give myself over to you. And God says, I I am now going to indwell you with my spirit to empower you to be the person I intended for you to be, to created you to be. Because God holds all the possibilities of our future. All the things that we can't even imagine are held in God. And when God's spirit indwells us, not only are our minds and our spirits open to the possibilities of that future, but we are empowered to live into it. No longer are we simply limited to who we are. We can truly leave behind that part of our past and we can live into all that God intended for us, all that God created for us, all that God calls us to be, a future that goes even beyond what we can imagine. We can truly become children of God when we commit our lives over into God's hand. That's that's the power of the baptism by the Spirit. Not only are we freed from who we have been, but we are empowered to become more than we could ever imagine. There's a great story that kind of uh, fleshes that out a little bit or gives an example of that in the Acts of the Apostles. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then Paul said, into what then were you baptized? And they answered, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about 12 of them. Something fundamental happened in that moment, something that had not been able to occur before. When they uh, were baptized in the name of the Jesus, and, and Paul prayed, and the Spirit came upon them, all of a sudden they were empowered to be the disciples that they were called to be, that God intended for them to be and created for them to be. Something that was beyond what they could do on the moment. So a number of years ago in South Bluff uh, Methodist Church in Corpus Christi one morning, Steve came to worship with us. Uh, Steve walked in the back of the sanctuary and he was still dressed in his motorcycle gang uh, leathers as he came into the back of the sanctuary. And everybody in my sanctuary, uh, the anxiety went through the roof. Uh, we'd been in that neighborhood, which was a little bit rough, and uh, we'd done a few things that we knew ruffled some feathers uh, among the gang that kind of controlled the area. And uh, he walked into the service and everybody kind of went, <gasps> wondering what was going to happen next. And he came in and worshiped with us. 
At the end of the service, he came up and spoke to me, and I said, well, I'm glad to see you here. I said, I said my name's Tom. He said, well, my name's Steve and all. And, and I said, well, I'm glad you came to worship with us this morning. And I said, what, what brings you to be with us this morning? And Steve said, well, he says, I don't know. He says, I, I woke up this morning, and I just very clearly heard um, there's more to your life than this. He says, so I came to see if I can find out what that means. And I said, well, I, I don't know for sure what that means, but I hope you'll come and join us in worship. And we were just starting up a disciple Bible study that night. And I said, why don't you come and join us in Bible study tonight? And he said, okay, I'll do that. And so the evening came and Steve rode up on his motorcycle uh, and you know, still in all of his leathers and got off and opened his saddlebags and pulled out a tray of deviled eggs. <laughs> Man, they were the best deviled eggs I'd ever eaten, man. I'm going, dude, you come back every week and bring those deviled eggs with you, man. Come on. And, and, and he did. He came every week and he brought the deviled eggs with it. And he studied through the scriptures with us. And people in that church took him over and began to pray over him and, and kind of coach him in his faith. And, and all of his buddies in the gang kept telling him, you know what? This isn't going to last. We've seen this before. We know. You're going you're to try to do this and try to make a break and all that, but you'll be back. We'll wait. You'll be back. He never went back. He began to pray and he began to study scripture. And he left behind the drugs and he left behind the violence. He began to be a regular participant in the church. Went back to college, got his electrical engineering degree, got an IT position. Became the lay director of the congregation the lay leader of the congregation, got married, began raising a family. His life just began to blossom. It was more than Steve ever imagined would be possible in his life and more than he could have done on his own. But when he gave himself over to God, God did more with his life than anybody would have ever thought. He even began to recruit other members of the banditos to come to worship. It was amazing. That's what Christian baptism is about. That's the power of it. It isn't simply that our past behaviors and addictions and habits are, are forgiven. It's that we're released from them and then we are empowered to become the people that God has created us to be and God calls us to be. To be much more than any of us would ever imagine. And this morning as we begin this year, we're going to do a reaffirmation of baptism. And it's your turn and your time to claim that. To come and say, I've, I've been baptized. The Spirit is here and, and empowers me to be more than I imagined. To be truly a child of God. To be one of God's beloved. To live in that certainty of knowledge. And to live in that confidence in the future. And if you've not been baptized before, this is your opportunity to be baptized and to step into that community of faith, that uh, indwelling of the family of God through the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to extend that invitation to you with a reminder that this is between you and God. You're the two actors. Whatever we do, we're just functionaries. And that the parts are, are, are the water, which washes away what has been but the indwelling of the Spirit, which makes possible what you and I can only imagine. Let's pray.
Almighty God, we give you thanks that you gather us in this morning, that in your love that you don't simply remove from us our, our, our guilt and our shame and, and the behaviors and addictions that hold us imprisoned, but that having removed those from us, you empower us to become the people you intend for us to be, that you created us to be and that you call us to be. So come and let your spirit rest on us this morning. Baptize us with water and the spirit that we may know to the very core of our being that we are children of God, your beloved. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.